Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. Get ready for some awesome. Do you ever feel like you're overselling that when you do that? Oh, for this particular thing? Yes, all the time. Do you feel, you know what wouldn't be overselling if you said it was going to be awesome? Something that's happening April 30th through May 3rd, Harbor, the Pepperdine Bible Lectures. John, let me ask you a question about Harbor. If you had to rank your excitement of hearing, say, one of the uh, speakers like Rabbi David Wolpe of Sinai or Sinai Temple in Los Angeles or the pre-conference with Don McLaughlin and Jerry Taylor or getting to share a room, a place with Luke Norris <laughs> for three days. I'm not sharing a room, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, what are you more excited about getting to, to, to be with me for three days or to go to those, like, those lectures? Uh, well... There are other people in the place that we're staying, so that'll add a little bit more excitement to that. You know, it's a, it's a tie. It's a tie. Uh, you I'm, know, I'm excited enough about the rabbi that I, I would try to like get where he was from right. You would? Yeah. Like the senior rabbi of Sinai Temple in Los Angeles <laughs> yeah, and author of David, the Divided Heart? Of course, I would get that right, too. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things that Harbor is not offering is the ability to stay in the same room as Jonathan and I. But what they are offering is an outstanding list of classes, of activities, and I, I think you're just going to be overwhelmed. Can oh, you, it's Jonathan, the best. What are you talking about? Are, are you doing a session or two or three? Yeah, I'm doing a stuff on wisdom, uh, making wise choices in life. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> Did... um. Did they assign you that topic, or did you say, hey, I, I feel like I'm the person who should teach people about wisdom? No, I've really arrived at wisdom, I feel like, through all my many years of life experience. And I don't know, mm. maybe maybe Mike just saw that in me and said, you know what, yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan knows wisdom. Yeah, okay. Well, that's, I, And also that's, said, I could speak on this. You could speak on that. All right, well, wisdom. And they said, sold. Well, Jonathan, why don't you share some wisdom? You know, one of the things that uh, a lot of people like about you, uh, over the last month, some have heard that you rank your friends in terms of who yeah, you I, value the most. And that, Okay, it's not who I value the most. Uh, it's where I'm going you, to spend the limited amount of life. To, I'm a, yeah, I'm going to prioritize them, not value. If you, okay, if your friends got Ebola and there was only <laughs> four... Uh, like the, the Ebola medicine, you know, Ebola ride, I believe that's what it's called. Um, you would already know the four people you would give it to first. Everybody on my top 10 list would turn it down except for one person. They would say, give it to... (laughs) (laughs) How dare you say that about Rick Ashley? But seriously, so Rick is number four and I'm number five on the list. (laughs) I love how you've memorized my list. I just like showed it to you in passing to prove to you that you were on there and that it existed. Okay, but here's the thing. If if you only have one dose of Ebola medicine and it's me or Ashley, and Ashley obviously is higher on the board. I get that. Like if you're, if you're doing a draft, whether it's fantasy football or whatnot, you always stick to your board. You got to stay with the board. But sometimes you have to let, you know, uh, human decision come in. Yeah. So, so for me, it would be like, who's more likely to go to heaven? And I would be like, well, Rick, I'm sorry. I need to give this to Luke because, you know, and I think I think Rick would be very understanding of that because yeah, I mean that's good. that's good for you. 
I mean, I'll take number, like, okay, I'm number four now on your friendship list. I like that. Done. <laughs> now, in honor. Pill when everybody else has Ebola. <laughs> number four. I like that. I now, like how um, our insults get traded into compliments so easily with one another. Okay, sure, fine. So you like to rank uh, your friends. And we began to discuss this last week, but we got cut off. Uh, The powers that be said, we got to go. But we wanted to continue that same sort of idea with ranking beliefs. Now, this is something I actually think is a worthwhile endeavor, not (laughs) ranking friends. But this one, I think, is actually an important thing. So do you have a rank of your top beliefs? You know, Things that are, like, most important. When you asked me that last month... um I thought resurrection and then everything else is just much, much further down. Then I I started thinking about it, and I do think there's just a few other things that I think are not in the same category as resurrection. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. uh, But I I wanted to hear... Why don't we do it like uh, Brian Shankman and I did the reveal on the... Back and forth? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so you're going Resurrection's to... number one for me. Okay, it is not. I have a, like, I have a tier system. I have a top two. Um, but so Resurrection's not number one for you. Is, it, it is... I have a tier. It's the second in the tier. But the first is that the way of Jesus, the way of, of love, of grace, forgiveness, uh, is the best way of life. And I have that number one because I feel like, huh. here's the theory. Now, I think Christianity is held together by death, burial, resurrection. Like, I get that. First Corinthians 15, I believe that. I think he even wrote about that in a book, which hopefully everyone has purchased and reviewed well on Amazon already. Um, <laughs> but I feel like you can hold to the way of Jesus being first because I think for some people, resurrection is a tough pill to swallow because scientifically, it's really hard. Like, most people have died and they haven't come back to life. And some people can come into faith with the belief that this way of Jesus is compelling, it's life-giving, and I'm going to start with that. And then the, the sort of like the intellectual jump that I've got to make to get to resurrection, I will do that because I'm committed to the way of Jesus. And that's why I would go with the way of Jesus as the first tenet that I hold on to. Huh. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, it's hard to... I don't like... One of the challenges with this is everything that we say is going to be really good stuff... I can't. I don't want to deconstruct that. I mean, I don't. Everything you say is good stuff. There's a good chance you kind of messed this up. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing about ranking is that in the same way that you're comfortable to pick Rick over me as your friend, like I think a lot of people would say, Rick, Luke's a really good thing. You shouldn't bump him below Rick. But you're comfortable with that decision making process really already. Sticking, this is really sticking in your crawl, man. The, I mean, the ranking. I mean, it's not a beauty pageant. We're going to have the ribbons passed out at Pepperdine, but. Uh. Okay, let's go back to the live. Here's here's the reason I think this is important, though. I get you're picking important, like your third or fourth or fifth rank. You would think that those would be good things. Um, yeah, I guess I, what I I was doing with it was uh, almost like who's in. What does it mean to be a Christian? And, oh, okay. Um, the I, I was trying to make a big grab for if you believe you know if you believe God raised Jesus from the dead. Oh, you're um, in then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you remember last year or two years ago when, um, I can't remember the guy who's on the foreign beat for the New York Times, but he he's a journalist that covers global stuff, Nicholas Kristof. Yeah. And he asked Tim Keller, am I a Christian? 
Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And he, he he was basically saying kind of your stuff on the way Jesus is really good and compelling for the world. And he 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 gives Christians a really good. I mean, he's very yeah yeah of course. I really like Nicholas Kristof, but he said, I don't believe in miracles, I don't believe in the resurrection, I don't believe Jesus is the Son of God, but I really think Jesus is good for the world. And Tim Keller goes, no, you're not yeah. a Christian. What, wasn't his thing like, you can't be a part of PETA if you don't believe in global warming, or, or something to, to that extent? He said you Greenpeace, can't be yeah. on the board of Greenpeace and deny global warming, because there's certain things that are uh, inherent to the actual thing you're saying you want to be a part of. And you can't just kind of buffet line pick it. And I would say, yeah. uh, you know, I, I do think. But to your point, yeah, but, so we're coming. Is, to, Thomas yeah. is in, and he doesn't believe in resurrection for a little bit. Yeah, doubting Thomas the apostle. I, I, okay, I think if you're coming at it from your direction, I, I see what you're saying, and I would say, if, if people believe in death, burial, and resurrection, then you can disagree with a lot of stuff as those things are clearly second nature or, or of second importance. So in and out, yeah, I guess you'd, but, but would you say the com- same? Let's reframe it from not coming from in and out. You're talking about like importance of belief in spiritual formation or. Yeah. Okay. We're going to come back. We're going to come back to this actual ranking. I want to ask you though, the, the Tim Keller question, would you say Christoph is out because he doesn't believe in resurrection? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Like, I think I, I, um, I, I found Keller's kind of response compelling that there are certain, it can't be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. You know, we, we receive this. And here's where Carl Bart is helpful. Um, because Bart says there was a word of the Lord, right? And mm-hmm. the departure between Christianity and all other religions is, who was that uh, famous philosopher? Um, <laughs> Freienbach, I think. is It's not how yeah, you yeah. say it. But he's the guy who said all religions are human constructs. Mm-hmm. And Bart said, yes, that is wisdom. That is true wisdom and the, the true departure between Christianity and every other kind of religion. Because we didn't make this up. We inherited it. Um, okay, how, how would you... Okay, I get he said that. Would you buy into that? Because it seems like everyone has been... That everyone would make the same claim that we've all been, had this handed to us. Uh, yeah, like there's been some kind of revelation or something. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, so I think it's helpful that I'm not a Bart scholar. I'm basically getting this secondhand from Randy Harris and other people. Um, but, you know, Bart Bart's big thing was once you start saying it, you didn't receive it, was you're open to the Nazis. Lutheran, the Lutherans had, you know, if it's all kind of cultural accommodation and you get to decide who God is, um, then he saw liberal theology had no place to stand when it came to Adolf Hitler. It can be accommodated. I remember a rabbi once said, um, whenever someone brings up Hitler in an argument, everyone loses. <laughs> yeah, I think that's there's some okay. So it's an um, internet thing, right? Like the first person to bring up Hitler, it's the conversation's over. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously that's an overstatement, but do, do you, hmm. but you can you see what Bart's pushing against there? Like, yeah, because the, the, I mean, it's two engine. The 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 Nazis come in the world's most sophisticated theological system the world had ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was it was you know 
uh, Boltmann and and uh, other smart people with German <laughs> names. Jonathan, it's really uh, Jonathan, it's really great to know that earlier today you've been unpacking your your theology books from grad school and you just put them on the <laughs> on your shelf and so now you remember those names. That's really impressive. Good for you, Jonathan. Thanks. Um, okay, okay so uh, all that to say that that all that say I'd side with Keller on that. Interesting. Not what, what would you say? As a Calvinist, of course you would say Keller. <laughs> oh, hey, who's the one who tweeted about total depravity yesterday? <laughs> huh? Look, look at you. Now I'm on the other side of Calvinism. No, I the tweet was it's hard to not believe in total depravity when it's 2019 and people are still hitting reply all. That's what I said. You it's hard to that, not believe. You? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You found, proud of that one? I can tell because you Insta-storied your tweet. <laughs> uh, he's really proud of that tweet. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to take social media coaching from you, Jonathan, but thank you for your, your feedback on that. Uh, so ranking beliefs. So you, in the things that you hold to most tightly. Now, this isn't in or out. This isn't a Keller question of if you're yeah, in or yeah. not. But this is the ones that you personally hold to tightest. Mine at first is the way of Jesus being the way, like the best way. The kingdom of God, as Jesus described, as the most compelling way of life. That's first for me. Uh, the resurrection is second because there are times, you know, I can waffle on, oh my goodness, do miracles really happen? Uh, even though I believe the resurrection happened, but it's hard for me to waffle on the way of Jesus being the way of life that I want to live. Well, if we're not doing it on the kind of uh, who's in or who's out, I kind of like your first one. You know, I would, I would want to go with the life and teachings uh, of Jesus, mm-hmm. um, can you not just combine life teachings and resurrection? Can we just just say Jesus, like Jesus mm-hmm. is as the Gospels presented him? Really, I did I don't know. I mean, I, no. For this game, no. I created it. The game does not let you do that. In some ways, I think we should even bifurcate out uh, specifically oh, which teaching grad school stuff now. Bifurcate. All right, all right. You're stu- you're, stu- you're being a transposer. Okay, so move on. Let's. Let's not do that. You, get, you I, learn I, your big words from Pete Inns, and, yeah, you, and you just try to drop them. As, <laughs> I got another big word that you'll hear in a couple of weeks in an episode that I couldn't, like, I just, the entire episode, I couldn't say it correctly, and I still can't right now, so look forward to that. So, Oh, that's, that's charming. I, I, I say that because I mispronounce words all the time. <laughs> okay, so we're going way of Jesus, resurrection. I feel like, is there, what would be the third on your list outside of that? Like indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, meaning, um, the 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 Holy Spirit does every mm. good work in you, transforms you. Um, God hasn't abandoned us. Um, yeah. God is working through us in this world through the Holy Spirit. Uh, hmm. Interesting, because because my third one would be, and you touched on it briefly, but mine would be that you know God is with you in all things, hmm. and the not the. Not the supernatural, like, you know, God's got special power for you and, you know, the Holy Spirit enables you to do what you can't do on your own uh, or like the John stuff where you'll do greater things than me, that kind of language of the Spirit, but the, the Spirit that God's presence is in all things, that no matter where you are, the reincurring message of do not be afraid for I am with you, like that sort of, um, which I guess in some ways could be like, the incarnation is the greatest picture of that, that, you know, uh, the light would, steps would you, in the darkness and darkness. God, would you be wanting to say something about suffering with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God's with you in all things, good and bad. 
Yeah, but I mean, one of the grabs you're trying to make is uh, the when when the world falls apart, God mm-hmm. is redeeming it. When the world falls apart, yeah. We're making a country wor- song right now. When the world falls apart, God's there with you. I like that. South by Southwest, here we come. Yeah, let's put that together. You got the fiddle, I got the banjo. Let's do it. But you know, you got to have a lead guitar. From what I hear. <laughs> Look at you. That was a deep cut reference, man. I'm, I'm impressed. You know Alabama? Well, you know. You know, I do what I can. Okay. Uh, so I feel like we got the ranking of beliefs. Uh, what would you be? Do you have a fourth one? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the hard thing for me would be uh, which one would come next? Sacraments or New Heavens, New Earth? Ooh. And I don't know. Because they're kind of tied together, you know? I mean, there is, a, like, the end times eschatological <laughs> factor in sacraments. I would probably go sacraments over New Heavens. And, again, because this goes back to the same filter of first and second belief, is that I can find God in sacraments, and I waffle less on that than I do on, okay, at the end, what's, what's happening here? It doesn't all go to black, right? Like, so I've had that question more than I've had the question of, there's something transcendent in sacraments. Yeah. So, yeah, those are good. So and then not having a kitchen. <laughs> Dude, you you are really doing this incarnational ministry really well. You're getting this Arkansas stuff <laughs> down pat. I mean, once, you know, Highland lets you go, I feel like you've really just embraced where you ended up. That's pretty pretty solid. My my sixth Again, belief is... for those is, listening, <laughs> Highland did not fire me. Highland did not capture me and that is what luke puts me in this awkward position of clarifying every month by saying they let me go oh uh, i love it i love it we could start our own little uh, internet controversy about that i feel like we should tweet something should about we? that because the, you know, the internet culture likes that um okay speaking, speaking of the internet of- little transition there <laughs> <laughs> I hopped on your segue. You did. <laughs> yeah. Segways in podcasts and in transportation, they're only for one people. <laughs> well said. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you been following the story about the uh, actor from Empire who uh, was assaulted and there was, uh, you know, political rhetoric used and there was homophobic racial and racial stuff, uh, comments that were said and... Uh, he, he, of course, was the media darling, and there's you know things he uh, he made at uh, I think it was like a concert along with Good Morning America, and then lo and behold, the story comes out that the men when they returned from Nigeria were actually like his trainers. They maybe even worked on Empire, and they were originally suspects. They were arrested and they were let go by Chicago police, and they are no longer people of interest because they believe that this guy fabricated the whole incident. I so I heard that. Mm-hmm. And I heard that, what, like two days ago, and I was, what the heck? But I haven't heard anything else. Has there been yeah, a follow-up, like him admitting I that? Or? I think he went on another uh, media thing and said, oh, of course I'm not faking this. Who would fake something like this? But that question is very telling. He, he said, who would fake something like this? And the answer is, a, a lot of people would. Like, this is the kind of stuff that goes viral. It causes people like me to finally have heard the name Jesse Smollett. Like, I've never heard that guy's name. I've never heard of him before. I don't watch yeah. Empire. But all of a sudden, he's all over the internet. He has 
some uh, presidential candidates from the Democratic Party, uh, like Cory Booker and who else? It's, uh, Camille Harris, I think she might have said something. Um, and, and all of a sudden it becomes an issue and there's this, this some social media pressure that says, if you don't say something about this, then you're not the right side. And if you don't say, if you don't speak up, yeah, like you're on the right side of history, if you don't jump up and say something right now. Have you ever sensed that? Like the sense like, if you don't... Oh, yeah, yeah. It feels like, so progressive culture and progressive Christian culture are really hard to kind of bifurcate. (laughs) Um, Because, hold on, let me say this. How Christian, I mean... How Christian is it? Can, can you imagine 2,000 years ago anybody wanting to get beaten up and called horrible things and thinking it would give them any kind of position of moral authority? Like, what are you saying that like that's the like oh, a Christian yeah. narrative? We, it's a very Christian. So Rene Girard, you know the famous Stanford uh, sociologist guy, or he, USC? Was he USC? I thought he was Stanford. <laughs> Internet, you judge. Be on the right side of history, Internet. (laughs) But, like, he, so he goes on to a, uh, he asked a question a few decades ago, when did the victim, when when did it stop, start having any kind of moral authority? And he starts to, (laughs) where's he, where was he a sociologist at? He, Stanford University Press. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me look that up. Uh, Keep going, keep going. So he, he researches this totally, you know, for his profession, um, asking the question, like, in history, when did people start giving the victim moral authority? And he becomes a Christian because he realizes it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus, by being becoming a victim and us realizing God became a victim, we started treating the victim as somebody to be respected and given dignity to. And mm-hmm. so I would say this whole storyline doesn't happen if, you know— AD 33 doesn't happen. Interesting. Yeah, I've never, I, I never connected the dots on that this, like the, the victim having a extra important voice comes from the Christian story. Right. Like, I, I, like I've read Gerard, Gerard stuff, um, who, who did um, teach at Stanford, not USC. <laughs> um, but I ne- like I never connected the dot because th- there's something... <laughs> culturally that says because this guy was attacked then he becomes someone who can have a voice and be a spokesperson for these issues that he wouldn't have had that beforehand and right. he, he becomes notable because of that but it, it, more than that like my my issue is not my issue but i, I think a thing to, to take note of is when we're so quick to feel the need that we've got to speak on something and say it immediately and speak out against it which has been very helpful i mean i, I think the me too movement is something right. that, that, that came example. because people spoke up, they, they had a voice, and we don't see the sort of transgressions of the Harvey Weinsteins and the Louis C.K.'s and the, the, even Bill Cosby. Like, Bill Cosby, he's... Oh, it took decades, right? And but it, all Hannibal Burris were coming out, yeah. But it became because of a comedian, Hannibal Burris, who said something. And so we, we've seen the benefit of it, obviously, to say that you should never speak out and say something. Like, that that's ignorant of what's actually happening. But if there doesn't but need to be like both sides, yeah, like the shadow side exists. Like you can speak out, but there are times that when you do that, you create a culture th- that doesn't always uh, foster healthy dialogue and engagement with each other. I was just talking with Kyle, my 
um, associate preaching intern guy who is that an official so, associate preaching no, intern? You you mocked the title intern, so I don't want to call him intern. I, I would just call him. Is he an associate? Associate to the intern, part time, part time associate preach. Uh, yeah, associate to the preacher. This is again why you just call him an intern. Doesn't matter his name. Doesn't matter what he looks like. Doesn't matter if you have a new one and she comes in and, and whatever. <laughs> you don't have to learn names. You just call him intern, and all of a sudden, easier and problem they, solved. I think they love that, right? Anyway, here's, I was telling him what Richard Beck told me because I found Richard to be really helpful in navigating the waters of progressive Christianity and progressive just culture. And basically, one of the things that he told me a couple of years into preaching at Highland was, um, Jonathan, there's no way to get clean. Like, at, you know, right now, there's just this cloud of, of no matter how much you care about it or to what degree you care about something, mm-hmm. you're always culpable for some causing harm to somebody somewhere along the way. Like, and if you don't think so, then check your shirt tags. And if you if you're let's say you make your own clothing from, you know, then where did you get your land? What about the Native Americans? And so I think this the kind of storyline that we live in, you know, do no harm. It's impossible because we're culpable, and so we have this sense of not being clean. And there there is a it's almost it's almost like legalists. That the kind of legalists we grew up with, with religion, of you know, don't if you if you do anything wrong, you're going to go to hell, and so you're just always in a sense of anxiety and afraid. And I don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to necessarily say those things are exactly alike, but it. I've, I've been both of those things, yeah. and I, they feel similar. See, and so you rush to the internet because it gets you clean. You're not like that. You're not one of them. Oh, okay. So, so that's like absolution. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't see where you're going until the very end there. So w- we mm-hmm. jump to do this because we want to be purified, and our right. speaking out distances us from that sort of from the uh, dirty. Yeah. From the yeah, yeah. Why? Why did you make this a progressive thing, though? I don't. I, I think it's no, an, no, I, I, well, an internet. Yeah, oh, you're right. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, I, just trying to think through my context. I don't feel the pressure for the right. Like, uh, you know, if, if there's a yeah, that's actually. Um, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I would guess that that would be true with groupthink for people um, hmm. on the other side. But it my my social pressure or my it comes from my friends and the people that I you know respect and want to be yeah. like and help and mm-hmm. um, for the most part those are people who care about things like social justice. I care about that. I want to, sh- and and there's a distinction between genuinely caring about it and wanting to be seen as it. This is what I mean with it being like legalist or pharisaical because you want to make sure your good works are known by all. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I saw something about, um, uh, it was a tweet about, uh, and it said something about white pastors who love to be seen in sermon clips talking about racism. And I thought, oh, <laughs> wow, that uh, I need to sit and think yeah. about that one. Well, it, then what do, what do you do? Do you not talk about racism? Because, you know, like... Yeah, I mean, because... I'm always going to be white. I, I want to be good at it. I'm serious. I, I, I'm always going to have privilege. I want to use that to the best of my ability to yep. help people who don't. Yep. Um, 
No, that's good. That's fair. Uh, speaking of privilege, uh, we talked about the uh, Ritz Carlton hotel chain on the podcast. Did I assume that you've probably been to the one in? Is it in Benton, Arkansas, or Hot Springs? Where Where's the Ritz in, in Arkansas? Well, there's so many, really. You know, it's like every time another one comes up, you're like another. Yeah, I mean, I know. Do they? We're, but don't they have like that? They have a different name there. Oh, it's a uh, Piggly Wiggly, right? Isn't that what they <laughs> call it? We in don't Ar- have Piggly Wiggly in Arkansas. We uh, isn't that I an mean, Arkansas thing? No, uh, no. I mean, Piggly. Everybody knows what Piggly Wiggly is, but I literally I think it's like a grocery Kentucky store. thing. Uh, it yeah. sounds Arkansas to me. It's Kroger also, would be. Well, more. I mean, honestly, what's the difference in Arkansas. Arkansas and Kentucky? Like that's. I'll basic. tell you, that, <laughs> there's a huge difference. You jerk. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you this one thing I miss about Texas is H-E-B. Yeah. I do love me some H-E-B. Yeah. Yeah. And queso. Queso. And um, I'm sure there's many wonderful things about Arkansas you value too, though. Okay. Oh, I do. The, the Rich Carlton guy, his stuff about we're, we're ladies and gentlemen serving ladies serving and gentlemen. ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I thought that was great. Yeah, obviously, I didn't know anything about this guy beforehand, and then I read How'd that. How'd you te- get this connection? Uh, his people, uh, like the person who published that, did the publishing for that book. They reached out to me, sent me a copy of it, and asked if I was interested. I was like, eh, "Okay, yeah, sure, why not?" Um, and so, I, just- I love that because of the language barrier. Your like sarcasm didn't translate, so you had to like dial it way back in the first few minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason my sarcasm has ever failed to land because of <laughs> someone's language. But, but I see, you, I see the like. I love the, that point. Yeah, the inherent value of knowing who you are, uh, of seeing the respect, like having the respect for all people, uh-huh. and yeah, I just I, I thought this. Fascinating, really good stuff. It's behind. It's man. That's a huge thing behind the Protestant work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I loved the dignity that he gave hotel employees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's super uh, a super good way to frame it. And um, no, I, I think and what did he say about church? I remember him, one thing he said was. Sometimes I go to churches and at the guest desk, I'm like, put a computer there at least. <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't remember. Honestly, I, that was recorded like two months ago. I don't remember exactly what he said, but um, his stuff on hospitality, like, that, uh-huh. I mean, it's he's on to something. He's on to something. And uh, wouldn't it be fascinating to have him come to your church and just be like, all right. Oh, I know. Tell us the questions that we should thinking. be asking. How, how should yeah. our greeters, my mother-in-law is a greeter, so I know that our greeters are awesome at Westover, but some other churches might need that. Um, Bethel, Brian Johnson. Uh, yeah, let's, I want to ask about, uh, okay, so we, tr- we work real hard to be hospitable to every guest. So we're going to say the positive things about it. Let me say this. I love that you interviewed Brian Johnson. I love that you're like branching out to broader streams of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, it, I think you're. Anyway, I just think it's great. That's a huge portion of Brian Johnson may be the most influential person outside of like a Joel Houston that you've interviewed, but people never know who they are. In terms of you know, we're we're singing right. their songs week in and week we're out. We're singing no longer the slaves. We're th- singing their theology. 
Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the interesting parts of that conversation to me was medicine and you saying Paul says take some wine for your stomach. What do you and mean? His response to that. Do you remember his response to it? Uh, what? No. What do you say? Well, it was it was basically like you know, God, well, God can heal anything, and and it, so he he was he was saying it's okay to take medicine for a season. Um, you know, yeah. just kind of pastorally. What about people who have chronic pain and it's not seasonal; it's for the rest of their life. I'm thinking of, or yeah. people who are bipolar. Um, and so, y'all, there was. Here's the reason I wanted to talk about it: is y'all were coming at it from two different theological worlds. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think I'm maybe a couple clicks more charismatic than you are. Would that be fair to say? Yes. Um, but I think I would land on your your kind of world on this question. Mm-hmm. You know, well, like yeah. And again, I I think it was charitable for him to say it's not wrong to do it all the yeah. like carte blanche. It's wrong. Like that's not what he said. Um, sure. L- like you, I would say let's not put a timetable on when exactly it's right and wrong. And let's not think that. Um, yeah. But th- there was times when I was listening to him talk about his anxiety and being on the plane. I'm going to be like, bro, just have a glass of wine, man. It, it really might like change how you feel about this. But, um, to say that uh, he was out, yeah, uh, well, I definitely received some like uh, pushback on. Oh, uh, you did on having a, a Bethel person on. Yeah, I definitely did because there uh, obviously there's some people who have some strong feelings against Bethel, and I don't think I know enough about it. Oh, to really, I didn't know that, man. To, I wasn't to jump to pile in. on. No, no, I didn't think you were piling on at all. I think it, you reflected what I was trying I just to thought say. it was interesting. Yeah, like uh, it, it felt like. Um, no, like that's what I want to do. I want to have conversations with different people. And so if it's, yeah. you talk about Brian Johnson, okay, yeah, I, I want to hear what he's coming, like where he's coming from and learn something about yeah. his experience. And then you know, like he had a great heart. And then the, the and, not, and, and part of it is he's talking about it from his own experience, right? Like it's, yeah. you can't really deconstruct somebody else's own yeah. story. Did, and so I told, I even used this in a, like a staff Devo. And I was probably going to use it in a sermon about how I can sing No Longer Slaves with a different sense thinking that like the guy who wrote this has had anxiety issues. And I think I said that on the podcast, you just told me a minute ago that he didn't actually write that song. So that was, that was good to know. Um, could have used that information no, beforehand. No so longer slaves you. is hands down my favorite song. I mean, it's my mm. favorite worship song and, uh, <laughs> but, at he, Highland. but he, 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 he didn't write it. Uh, it was like his, 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 his like Bethel music, but yeah, I'm sure he had some yeah, isn't that like the, um, oh, what was it? When Samuel L. Jackson was told, oh, I loved you when you were in the Matrix. You were great as uh, Thunder, whatever his name <laughs> Neo, is. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Morpheus. Morpheus, yeah. That's, so that was yeah. basically that moment. So that was charitable of him to not say anything about it. But anyway, whatever. And then Pete ends. Oh, Pete. Man, I like that guy. I, you know, I, I'm actually reading more Pete ends these days than I ever have. Why? Because, you know, the context of ministry for me has changed a lot over the last eight months. And one of the sentences I find myself saying more than ever before is, well, I just don't read the Bible the way I used to. And 
part of part of what I'm trying to do is kind of reverse engineer why. And anyway, so do you think we want to move over to the command example necessary inference? I think I think he was like Agrippa. Almost he was persuaded. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in that way, Church of Christ are kind of like Calvinists in that <clears throat> if you combine the five things of Calvinism before you get to the Bible, it's a lock. Everything's clean and makes sense and is easy. Um, and Churches of Christ are like that in regard to if you can buy into this, there's a pattern uh, that the early Christians got, and our thing is to try to get the form of the pattern, not so much the function, but the form. And we're going to read the Bible through uh, direct commands, necessary uh, or ex- examples, and necessary mm-hmm. inferences. Uh huh. See, I'm rusty. Um, but if you buy into that, then it all is. It, it's all locked in, and it's clean and smooth, and you know, it's like uh, it's like BZ's line that Calvinism is the most well thought out uh, systematic theology about God. There's only one problem; it's wrong. Cool. Yeah. Just one, but just one problem. It's just wrong. Uh, I mean, it's okay, great. If <clears throat> if you want to try to cons- like force the Bible into what your box for how you think the Bible should be is, and you're you're like you're dead set on that, okay. Pick your hermeneutic and go with it and force it in there. But I think the Bible's bigger than that. I think it's more complex. There's more layers to it. And ultimately, I think it's better on the other side, that there's far more it has to say and far more it has to uh, to bring to us uh, than that. But that's for Pete to figure that one out, not us. Yeah. And not, wasn't Nadia was supposed to be on this month. Yeah, we had a... Uh, we recorded an episode, and I, we're going to record a second one tomorrow. And like, like a two-part or you're re-recording? Uh, I think we're going to talk about this. If not, my bad for saying it. But she's like, uh, she emails me the next morning and goes, hey, let's do that again. Uh, I want a second dry at it. And I was like, okay. Uh, As somebody who has done a hundred of these with you and had to re-record once or twice. No, only... Uh, I'm sympathetic. Okay. She, you didn't like record, or someone didn't. It doesn't matter who didn't record that <laughs> one time. That didn't this record. was this was a different issue that it was recorded, but she just wanted a different take at it. And if you think it's miserable having to laugh at Luke's jokes once, <laughs> imagine having to do it two times. You know, one of the reasons I think uh, Brent Allen, the worship leader I work with, should get an extra jewel in his crown is because he listens to the same jokes multiple times oh, on yeah, Sundays, no and he still laughs. Like that is. If that's not like a sign that he is the healthiest Enneagram three in the world, I don't know what is. But it also might be Brandon a sign he's most and Jeff were like that. Really? They were yeah. I think it's just a gift God gives good worship ministers to... or, or it could be like dysfunctional three stuff, but I don't want to tell him that. <laughs> Either way, it is amazing. But yeah, we'll have uh, uh Nadia will be I think it'll probably be the next episode we we release, and then we've got um uh, Miroslav Volf is scheduled to come on, um, and I've got NT, or actually not NT, uh, Richard Rohr. He's, we've got a date, oh, you, uh, the first of the week, uh, first of next month. Uh, I'm going to try to make it work, actually, if I can go out there and see him. So trying to make that work. Um, and then I recorded a podcast. Does he have a book out, a new book out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, this is the book that I've been uh, wanting him, I, I've been very excited to do this one, uh, to talk about this one. It's his stuff on Universal Christ. Oh, and, Cosmic Christ? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, doing 
Well, the, t- the title is The Universal Christ, but it is his cosmic Christ stuff. I haven't read it yet, but uh, he had mentioned a, um, a couple years ago on the podcast that he was going to try to write this book. And yeah, it, it, this is one of those things I really am fascinated about. I want to learn more about it. I would love for it to be true. <laughs> It'd be great. Yeah, well, what I would love to ask him, oh, uh, he, he used his dualism thing, but, you know, there, God did become Jesus of Nazareth, too. There's like a locality mm-hmm. to, you know, to it all. And I just I wonder the tension, how he, uh, anyway. And, and that's it, why I want to fly out to Albuquerque to do this one in person, so I can get good answers on seems, all this. Okay, so C.S. Lewis had this line where he says, everybody loves forgiveness until they have to forgive someone. Yep. And that seems to me like one of the challenges of cosmic Christ, which I, I mean, I do think it's in the Bible, like John one, Colossians one, uh, is if you if if that's like the center of it all for you, you might not have to deal with actual human beings. Wait, what does that mean? Um, well, if you, if God is everywhere, you don't have to be plugged in anywhere. Um, hmm. You know, like it it uh, God can be found in everything. But I think, oh, you know what? In our core beliefs, one of the things that was at the top for me is community of faith, church. I can't believe yeah. I didn't say that. But yeah. anyway, so for me, a core belief is like sticking with a group of people, people that you don't like, disagree with, but they love Jesus yeah, and yeah, you yeah. love Jesus. And, and I do think— What does that have that to do with thread, Cosmic Christ, though? Well, do, doesn't it? I, I mean, can you, you, you don't see the uh, tension with— no. <clears throat> no, I mean, I'm I'm saying, like, uh, it's almost like what Scott McKnight does with Kingdom Conspiracy, and you know, Kingdom. I'm doing Kingdom Ministry. It's everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. Versus church doing ministries, it, yeah, right. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get that that tension. Some, hmm. let me read the book and then I'll talk to him and see if I right, come yeah. up with what you're doing there. Um, but no, I, I, I think the tension is that he's saying that Christ has been revealed in the person of Jesus, but that's not the only time that Christ, like the cosmic Christ appeared, and so that there are other expressions of Christ that have appeared elsewhere, and that gets a little bit, huh. yeah. Anyway, that's another podcast for another day. Um, John, I feel like we covered a lot. I feel like we, we covered did. a lot here. Yeah. Think we fixed it. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah. Do you have any questions for me? I feel like I've, uh, I've answered a lot of your questions, but if you have anything you felt like uh, are going to haunt you for another month, go ahead and you can ask them now if you want. Uh, no, I'm looking forward to Pepperdine with you, man. Oh, that's sweet. Um, okay, well, I'll text you the colors so that we can be matching every day while we're there. In case we get lost, <laughs> we can just find each other. I thought that was you and Graves. I thought that's what... Y'all did when y'all go to Disneyland. Okay, all right. That was our wives' fault, not ours. And uh, yeah, that's that's. No, this woman that has been given me, Lord. Yes, exactly. She did dress it's her, me. It's her fault. In matching outfits. It's it's her fault, and he's so much taller than me too. It's made it even more uncomfortable. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. Um, and like I told Rob when he saw me and Josh Gray's by ourselves in the Dumbo ride with matching. <laughs> Uh, here was it. It, it, it might have been like the dog. Is that Dumbo? Is that on the Dumbo ride? Yeah, which is like a little chill, little kid. Yeah, ride, and right? he had his arm around me too, which is the worst part. But like I told Rob, <laughs> it's what we'll end on. 
Rob, don't worry. Love wins. And that's it. There you go. Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.